and welcome to another episode of Leader Generation brought to you by MADOP. I'm your host, Tessa Berg, CTO at MADOP, and today I'm joined by two of my colleagues, Matt Siegel and Tom Madrilejos. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Well, hello. So today we're having sort of a group discussion about Discord. And this I've only recently become familiar with, but already I see so many avenues for brands and entertainment companies to engage and really learn from their customers. So very excited to explore and get more insight from Matt and Tom. Before we jump in, let's have each of you tell us a little bit about your background and roles here at Mata. Matt, you want to start? Sure. So I'm a digital producer and strategist. And my day-to-day is working from social, paid, digital video, website production, interactive, and the thinking that goes into each of those with our client partners to bring some things to life, engage with their audiences. Germane to the discussion, I am an internet old, going back to moderating forums in the early 2000s, working in nascent social media, and I think it'll be an interesting callback because... On the topic of Discord, it's almost like what's old is new again. Yeah. Oh, how funny. And Tom, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role here at Madad. Yeah. So like Matt, I'm also a digital strategist. I come from the creative side. So the background in UX, I moved sort of into digital strategy and I just work with our clients and our internal teams to help hit business objectives with a variety of different things, just like Matt said. But on the point of being internet old, Matt, I am as well. My cred doesn't go as far back as yours, but I remember the early days of being on Slashdot and old everything, nothing sites. So like you said, there are these small niche communities coming back, which I think is really relevant to what we're talking about today. Yeah. And it's interesting too, that Discord is a separate community, but we're also seeing like companies start their own communities. So there seems to be this need or want for people to connect. And maybe it's because we're all at home now. But Matt, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about why does Discord even exist? If you go far enough back, it was a tool to connect online gamers. It was a live chat community tool that had audio. And it's like, hey, why do I need to use this services audio for say Call of Duty and have to deal with a bunch of weird people yelling at me what if I just hop on with my friends and then maybe I make a new friend and I could add them and it becomes a place where people in the gaming space could gather and communicate around their shared pastime Mm -hmm. so I'm not a gamer but sort of curious why wouldn't the game companies just create something that's similar that allows like that level of control and privacy The interesting thing is they did, but you end up getting fragmentation. Every company has their own platform. So if we think about it, relevant to say the fact that people are looking at new emerging social media platforms right now, and we're no longer used to having to find all our contacts and friends and start from scratch. It's been a while since anyone's had to do that. Now imagine you're playing a new game and, oh, this is by company X. I haven't used their platform before. Where are my friends? Where are the people that I want to game with? Versus having a centralized hub that is, we'll call it operated by your cohort. And that's the early on. 
not to advance the, the clock too much, but as Discord as a platform has grown, those games now have official Discord spaces and they function as a place to not only find people to play with and talk about a shared hobby, but also find new friends. It's not uncommon to meet someone in a larger Discord server and then bring them over to your small one because mm -hmm. you've essentially converted them from someone you've been in a match with a number of times to someone that you want to bring onto your shortlist, maybe to play with, or maybe just to chat with. Yeah, that's interesting. So Tom, what have you seen that's kind of driven the popularity of Discord? So I think Matt gave a really great sort of history of how gaming led the charge. For myself personally, I came into it with the big wave of the past, I would say, three, four years of both similar but very different crowds, but like in finance and investing as well as Web3. So there's those communities kind of ushered in and used it. I think to Matt's point, they were also looking for a decentralized area where they could run their own communities. They don't have to create a Facebook account and they can be more in real time. It's not necessarily like a Slack group. Like you don't have to go into those platforms necessarily. But yeah, the sort of real-time engagement, not like post-response type things. It's like you're, there's people there, the voice channels, and then there's just so many features within it that are customizable to a community that I think is enticing for a lot of different startups and now bigger brands. Tom, it's funny. There's one thing that you said that just immediately set off a light bulb is 2020, I started a Slack group with a bunch of online friends. and over a few months, I've realized that it was grinding my gears because here we are working remote. Slack is a fantastic tool for business. And then it was bleeding as a tool into my social life. Whereas moving things like compartmentalize Slack is for work and Discord is for hobbies made a world of change. Even though I now have to have two apps open on my computer or on my phone, I split the difference. One doesn't remind me of the other. Mm -hmm. There's so much there. I think, yeah, the cultures are very, very different. There's some commonalities, but the language, the, the emoting, it's just like a slightly different universe, which is actually really interesting to see a lot of bigger brands and more established brands move into the Discord because there is still that layer of officialness, but they are adopting this. They're kind of pulling back some of the rules and adopting a lot of the culture and lingo of traditional Discord communities, which is probably a tough place to navigate for a lot of brands, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we get that request quite often to provide community management and manage communities on Discord. Can you tell me a little bit, Matt, we could start with you again. What does that exactly mean? Like, what are the elements or the important components of community management on Discord? Tom hit this very well. When we think about social, whether it be community or content, as a partner, we're looking to provide things like tone of voice, approaches, look and feel. And whether we tackle community management ourselves or provide the tools for community management to a client partner, it's establishing those things. No different than it would be in a Facebook page or, or group owned and operated by a brand is how do you speak? How do you reply? How do we identify the tone and voice of the brand and carry that through into all interactions with our audience? 
I love that. So how you manage the community to really be a window and a direct connection to your brand and brand values. Absolutely. Um, are there other benefits or other ways that you have seen brands engage in Discord? Yeah, I mean, there's, I kind of want to go back to add on to what Matt was saying. Yeah. Because I think in terms of managing communities, there's quite a bit of moderation involved, specifically about what kind of conversations are happening, again, to a degree. But even before that, it's setting the house rules, like what is this place all about? How do we act here? Because then that will impact what needs to be moderated or what doesn't need to be moderated. And then also the community manager often, they're a very busy person, especially in some of the more nascent industries like Web3 projects and NFTs and that sort of things. You have to be active and showing progress and you have to be showing activity every day. I mean, maybe even hourly or else people are like, this is a dead space here. Like this is a rug, whatever. Like these, there's nobody here. So there's quite a bit of work there. Really good points being, you know, very purposeful and being consistent. When we think about community management being one way for people to interact with the brand, are there any other ways on Discord or anything else brands should consider doing in their community to really make that engagement beneficial to the people participating in it? I think in addition to making the space what people want it to be, I think they also have to build relationships with individual people because obviously everyone has a Discord handle, whatever your profile. You start to get to know individual people within the space and you're going to have your power users and people who are there, like the strongest people. I don't even know how to get into roles and stuff like that. And you can assign roles and oh, there's so much. That's kind of a half-baked thought. So maybe Matt, you should go ahead. That's the next level stuff too, because it's not a free-for-all. My, my easy explanation, people, when they're like, what's this code? I'm like, do you remember AOL chat in like 1999? But it's not that level of free-for-all because if it were, brands would run away. It is, to Tom's point, there are user levels and permissions akin to whatever, maybe the easiest example for listeners to think of is if they work with a dam for digital assets and you have admins, you have editors, you have viewers, you have uploaders, you have different roles of who could do what and who could go where. And Discord does provide that granularity in roles and responsibilities. And that's something that, interestingly enough, can carry into not only how you structure a community, but also how you grant access. Discord's very popular in the content creator space, generally funded by platforms like Patreon and Ko-fi, where one of the things that you're granted as a backer is either access to a Discord server to speak with other fans or access to a premium tier within the Discord that is a smaller, quieter space with, oh, we have this part of the servers for everyone. And then we have this portion for the people that are monthly subscribers. Maybe they want a quiet place. Maybe we do special events there. Maybe we do a live chat with someone who comes on, similar to an AMA on Reddit. Those tiered structures are not only for structuring your team and your audience, but can also be used to make spaces within it more special. So I wanted to go back to identifying the super users and engaging them. I think that's really interesting that this is a place where, Tom, you said you're building real relationships. <laughs> that's one thing to say to be real, be valuable. That's another thing, like you're interacting and with specific people. How do you know who the super users are? How do you know they're on brand? Like, is there a 
process or a way that you can kind of validate that this engagement is going to be mutually beneficial? One way to get a feel for that is just who's active every day. There's going to be people who, whatever it is, they sign up early or they're just really chatty. Like there's going to be people who are in there all the time reacting to everything, commenting on everything. And those are ones you kind of want to build around them. And then sometimes power users are bigger names from outside of the community that are not in your Discord, that come into your Discord. There's elements of the platform that help recognize bigger names. I think you're definitely there because we want to be data-driven, but sometimes we are in an anecdotal world based on the data provided. So we're kind of figuring it out. So one of the things I'll notice is you'll see people's profile photo match their Twitter profile photo. And I'll be like, oh, dang, I've seen that person on Twitter, their name within whatever this niche space is. Oh, cool. Okay. So like Tom said, that's someone who's coming in with owned credibility. But to throw it back to another bit of old internet that might be relevant to people listening is exactly what Tom said. Who are the people there every day? Think about it like a web forum when they were at their height, mm -hmm. you knew the people that were the most helpful or that were there every day because you'd recognize their name, you'd recognize their icon. You might recognize them as helpful because you landed on this forum searching for something. And then you end up in the day-to-day -day because it seemed like an interesting place to post or you had a question. Engaged communities will bubble up those people because they're the super user. They want to be there the most. And I think the real trick that we haven't touched on yet, which is both a pillar of Discord and one place that it makes it a potential place for brand to be comfortable is the role of moderation. Because it is, you think, oh, it's live chat and there's voice channels. Huh. But one of the core things is you need to have moderators. And those moderators might be proactively scanning things and just shutting down conversations, removing a user who are harmful to the community. But also, everyone, remember this rule, cut it out. Because your moderators are part of the community. Sometimes, depending on how you structure things, you might have secondary moderators who are those super users. Because they've earned a place of trust. They've been proactively, unofficially moderating. And you could say, hey, can you help me with this? I'm not going to give you the power to say, remove someone, but you could flag it upstream easier. Not dissimilar to what we see on platforms like Reddit, where the majority of subreddits, large to small, have volunteer moderator teams that will then escalate larger issues to Reddit staff. Tom, do you have anything to add on the point and the importance of moderators and moderation as a practice? I don't think so. No, I was actually just kind of thinking of like, that's a whole other interesting conversation about the difference between Reddit and Discord, because there's some overlap, but quite, quite marked differences. But yeah, that's, I don't think I'm like ready to have that conversation. <laughs> this exact same thought popped in my head. I was like, ah, yeah, like I could see a lot of the same audience being interested in both. Another one that popped in my head, and I don't know, Matt or Tom, if you have a comment on this, but is Clubhouse. So I've never been on Discord. I'm not a gamer. I don't even have any of these niche interests, but I do go on Clubhouse where for Tom, that's been my go-to for more Web3 
conversations. Mm-hmm. I am wondering, where does Discord sit in these niche social networks where there is voice involved, there is conversation on emerging topics? I haven't been in Clubhouse in a little while, but I know that Discord has channels and documentation and official links. It's like a repository of information. It can serve as a wiki in a way, in addition to being the place where people conversate. Okay. So I think that's probably something that's a bit different. And it's text-based. I mean, there's the voice rooms were a big draw and people still use them and people use them for, like Matt said, live streaming, me designing something, or just you guys want to go chat about whatever it is just a different format of communicating. Yeah, to the previous point, I think as with a user and it would appeal to brands, I think the intersection of Reddit and Discord is the, what do we do if we don't want to be on Twitter because it's an unstable platform? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the core, obviously it will vary by industry and brand, but for a lot of sectors we work with, the audience that was their core Twitter audience were very much all in are also on Reddit and Discord. And if you're not comfortable putting your money or spending your community time on Twitter, those are the platforms to think about. That's interesting. Do you feel like Discord being sort of fresh and new and community first gives brands a little bit more control than being able to sort of manage your voice and be consistent on Twitter? I think it's a fresh start, which could be scary, but also valuable. Starting a new page, new channel for a brand is an undertaking. It's an investment, but getting ahead of it is never a bad thing. You don't want to be the uncool place, like Tom mentioned, where no one hangs out. But as we move forward, those attitudes might change. I know a lot of brands don't use Twitter as a a place for overall engagement. They use it as their de facto customer support. Mm -hmm. That is a place where Discord could grow. One thing we haven't really touched on is one of the elements baked into Discord are bots that you can use that are out there that are, for lack of a better term, open source or available to use, or you could write them yourself. You could run a bot that does support queries when people respond. You could probably, with a little bit of elbow grease or an expert on the scripting, have something that intake from Discord, from an official query into a ticketing platform. I'm sure they exist because I'm not that smart. Or it could even just be a place like Twitter. You're like, hey, I'm looking for the thing, brand help. And you have someone that checks every hour and can reply because you can do that. It's funny you mentioned that, Matt, because I just used a ticket system in a Discord I was in last week because it was like my login didn't work after the new year. And I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, use the ticket system. And I got nice. solved to that, which was funny. Uh, but I think that's a huge topic because this is probably a big discussion for how it differs from other social media platforms and communication platforms in that your moderators slash community managers do play an interesting role in that they are like a brand representative. Some cases are customer service. In some cases, they are 
influencer. They have to be very representative of the brand. Like they play like an interesting role, not just I'm here to answer your question and gone. Like maybe there can't be those people, but I feel like the community managers play like a lot of different roles. Like run a tight ship. Sometimes there's a lot to do. A tight enough ship? Tight enough ship. It is part of the larger seismic ecosystem change on social that we're seeing that I think everyone's fully becoming aware of coming into this year is there's a change to the expected tone, look, and feel to social communication. It's coming from places like Discord. It's coming from places like TikTok, where overly polished is a bit too much for the user. And the expectation is a little bit more casual. And we get you're a brand, but can you take it down a notch? You could use the tools of the platform to talk to us. And that is another challenge that I think we're looking to help with because we've been in the space. We've been ahead of the challenges, figuring out how do we do something that will appeal to this audience, but also make a brand feel safe because mm -hmm. it is such a large change. And I think now everyone's kind of warming to it slowly, but surely. And we're seeing produced spots that are much more casual. They look like something that you might've paid an influencer for in the last two years is now bubbling up to being the larger outbound communication. Hmm. That is really interesting. I like what you just said and you hit on the opportunity for brands, which is to be real and to be a little bit more casual and approachable without really losing what makes their brand valuable to their customers. It's like they're bringing that value, but in a way that's a little bit more accessible, that doesn't mean it needs to be cheap. It doesn't mean it needs to be dirty. In fact, what it sounds like is it takes just as much planning and intention to engage in Discord as you would any other platform. Absolutely. Arguably, I mean, there's an extra layer of real-timeness where people are very impatient and sitting there at a text prompt, like, what are you doing? Where are you? What? What's wrong with this? There's an added element of that as well, which maybe some of the other platforms have, but not all of them to that degree. Mm -hmm. Has anyone used an AI bot to respond on behalf of them? Or would that be like shamed out of the Discord community? <laughs> not that I've seen. I mean, I think it's a good maybe for entertainment purposes. I'm not exactly sure. Like I've definitely seen bots that just make jokes and stuff like that when a certain thing is said or FAQ style bot that if there's people coming into the discord and thousands of people are coming in, they're all asking the same question over and over. So let the bot answer that and the, the bot can be cheeky, but I haven't necessarily seen AI would be behind it or anything like that. Yeah. I could see someone asking that because I feel like people who have been using bots for a while know that you should say, if this is a bot, call it a bot. Don't pretend to be human. Just in this year, we've seen machine learning AI also become more accessible. And I think it could be a stumbling block that people who are get intimidated by this real-time requirement to start thinking because bots are better, they could fake it. Probably still not a good idea. And since a lot of this audience does know about bots and engages with bots, it's okay to call it a bot. Just say, this is the bot. This is what it's doing and keep your real people real. Yeah, absolutely. And a bot could help flag a moderator for you. If you have a mod team who going back, their users assigned a certain role within Discord and say, I wrote or implemented a bot called ModBot. 
and I think about it like Slack and I'd say, hey, at Modbot, need help with this. And then a couple things could happen. Modbot might reply with, thanks for submitting the thing. Well, we pinged the team. If your initial message did not contain these things, try again. Mm -hmm. But you could build that methodology with a bot as a tool because they exist on Discord as tools. Mm -hmm. And they're handy. When MidJourney first started, it was all based in Discord. You would enter it as Discord prompts, and then it would hit the MidJourney API and feed you back results. That is fantastic. I love that example. So we're almost at time. I have a few key takeaways, and I'd love to get both of your feedback on them. So there's three things that I think brands and companies need to start thinking about. They want to enter into the Discord community. One, what I heard from the two of you is they have to be purposeful and they have to stick to that purpose. So their community manager needs to be not just centered on, but understand what does the audience need? What do they find entertaining? And who do they want to connect with? What brought them to this place? And is our purpose aligned with that? The second key takeaway I heard from you is being consistent. That real-time element can be both a blessing and a curse to a brand. So the blessing is you get to interact with your audience in real time, answering. I love the customer service example, being able to address an issue immediately, but you have to still keep it within that brand voice, tone, and purpose of your room. And that can be challenging if you're trying to manage an always-on community. And the third one that I heard was, you know, having to be real, that this is your brand coming to life and being real means knowing who the super users are, listening to them, engaging them, finding opportunities to do other special events that may pull in new people who are like your users. So your community is constantly vibrant and inviting more people who share that purpose. What are your thoughts on that? And do you have any other key takeaways that you think the audience should keep in mind as they evaluate Discord for their brand? I have zero arguments for those takeaways. I think that's spot on. Okay. <laughs> so the one thing to remember is there's moments of momentum and velocity when you're building a community like Tom Flagg with those super users. Super users are also your brand evangelists. When the community has a velocity to it, it's easy to get swept up and have fun. And that just can build and build and build. And not everyone's going to be converted from casual user to a super user, but it'll happen when you have people interested in a thing. Mm -hmm. And a thing could be far ranging because I think any of us that have any, I don't even want to call them niche interest, but any interest in a specific thing, whether it be specific video game to home automotive care, to gardening, those overlaps of an activity, a hobby, they all have always had a community online. It could even be super niche of like, I am into retro VW Beatles. And you're like, wow, that community's existed for a very long time and has been niche. And I bet you we could go all the way back pre-forums and places like Usenet and BBS systems, people, communities were coming together around these interests. It's an evolution of that, except for it's a wider audience. It's even more global. It's even more real time. And it's just an evolution of what the last 30 years of the internet and people finding people that like what they like. Yeah. 
I love that. Tom, do you have anything to add? I don't think it's a rule, but I think it's more of a suggestion. And it's that if you're a brand going into this, definitely be open-minded and flexible. There's a lot of unexpected that can happen, but that's kind of what we're embracing now. And as Matt said, like the new wave of how people experience brands and communicate with one another online. So definitely be open-minded and flexible and then be prepared with a community moderator to be both proactive and reactive in the same breath. Mm -hmm. So proactive, like Matt said, a lot of lifting to get something set up, a lot of pre-thinking, planning and strategizing about how you want to use this tool. And then having to be reactive in an, on, in an ongoing basis, stay regularly active and be coming up with new things ongoingly. Those are great points. I added those to my list as well. So thank you both for being guests. If you're listening and want to see the transcript to this conversation or hear other episodes from Leader Generation, you can visit the ModApp website or find us on our LinkedIn page. Just search Leader Generation Podcast in LinkedIn and it will come up. Our next conversation, we're going to continue down the Discord path and hear about analytics. So what can we learn about our community's behavior, the sentiment in their comments, and how that can measure or help us better understand how well we're doing at community moderation. So Matt and Tom, thanks so much for being guests today. And uh, I will get out there, discover Discord, and always turn them on up if you need help. Thanks. Bye. Tom. Right, see you all. Bye. A Leader Generation podcast is brought to you by ModUp, a full-service marketing communications agency focused on using the right methods to help clients capitalize on their opportunities. ModUp services for both B2C and B2B markets include brand strategy, advertising, digital marketing, lead generation, and public relations. Through its technology group, ModUp also offers website, e-commerce, and app UX, design, development, and technology stack integration. For more information, visit modop.com. That's M-O-D-O-P dot com. Never miss an episode of Leader Generation from ModUp. Find us in all your favorite podcast venues.